Welcome to Robert's Corner. We have two very special guests today. This month is Mental Health Month. So in honor of that, I have a returning guest of Variety Podcast, Mike Jones, and a new guest, Linda. We all we both we all are a facil- we all facilitate the peer connections group together at NAMI in St. Augustine. And just to give a little context what NAMI stands for, it's a National Alliance on Mental Illness is a United States-based advocacy group originally founded as a grassroots group by family members of people diagnosed with mental illness. NAMI, NAMI identifies its mission as being dedicated to build better lives for millions of Americans affected by mental illness. Thank you, Mike and Linda, for joining us today on Robert's Corner. Hello. Hello. You get to say hi. Hey, Robert. <laughs> it's all right. I know it sounds okay. Not before we begin. A disclaimer: We are not medical professionals, so if you are in crisis, please seek immediate medical attention. Before we always begin, I always like to start off every episode with a quote. That will set the tone of our talk. The quote reads, "I am not what happened to me. I am what I choose to become." Emma Watson. Today, we are going to talk about recovery through a storm. The COVID-19 situation has shown how the world can stop at a drop of a dime. Now, we're going to be talking about our groups and how certain coping skills that may be useful in our own personal journey also may be helpful for those listening. The main difference with this situation is that it affects everyone in one way or another. What have you seen, Mike and Linda, in your groups or even in your own personal life that has helped? And what have you seen that has not helped? Mike, you want to go first? (laughs) Okay, yeah. I'll go first. Well, a lot of things that I've noticed just talking with people and trying to, you know, touch base with everybody is people's anxiety is spiking through the roof. Yeah. And it's getting so bad where, you know, a lot of people are starting to go on anxiety medicine. Yes. Before it used to be just depression, but now it's also a mix of anxiety and depression. And then when you have, you know, low self-esteem or self-loathing, that's a terrible cocktail to mix together. (laughs) Yes, yes. Um, how about like you, Linda? What have you noticed, just briefly? Well, I think he's right on in that statement. What I've noticed is that people like myself, who don't usually have anxiety, who just have the depression and are now experiencing the anxiety along with our depression. Mm-hmm. Um, and But anxiety is always a big one in all of our groups. That seems to be the one thing that most people can relate to. So we're having to come up with more coping skills for anxiety, mm-hmm. uh, things that we might not have tried before, whether it's exercise or listening to more music. I know I pulled out an old radio and started playing music because it seems to... If I can fit the music to my mood and then Mm -hmm. change the music to a happier type of music, it'll help me to bring myself out of the depression and to limit the anxiety. So um, just learning some new coping skills that we might not have tried before, I think, is really important. 
Yeah, it kind of like slows everyone down. You know, we realize how it's not the fact that we're only social distancing per se. It's just the environment outside. You ever go to the gas station just to do a quick trip outside? It's it's very different. Just how people interact and and for those people who are struggling before, and those people who never really had some sort of structure or let alone any value in themselves, and they see something like this happen, it, it can be very devastating. I see that with some of our people in our groups, and I also see that in the attendance of our groups. It's kind of kind of weird that it was always a problem getting people to the groups because you can't you need you need a ride, you know. Now there's there you know arguably you could just dial in to the meeting and you feel a lot more pushback. Um, any any thoughts on that, Mike or Linda? Anyone could jump in on that. Well, I think, you know, getting people used to um, coming to group by way of their phone yeah. or their computer um, is going to be difficult because there are a lot of people that, yeah, it, it, there's a lot of people that don't use their phone that much. But once they do it once, I think they may yeah. realize that it's actually easier, especially if they're not on video. Yeah, and I feel just like you were saying, Linda, we got to find more creative ways to cope, you know? And it's just getting them to that the willingness to go ahead and try it out because um, there are some ways it is easier, you know, doing the virtual. And in some ways, it's better the face-to-face, of course, but it's really the whole way people, the whole environment outside, and especially when you watch the news and everything that's going on, um, it doesn't surprise me that, like Mike was saying, how anxiety is going up. I just remember I had um, a pod, uh, I had Claudia Black from Arnami, and she we, she was a podcast guest. And one of the things she used to ask a lot to her son was, "Are you okay? Are you okay?" Um, because he was struggling. And the thing that I I notice is when I'm in crisis, I don't know. Back when I was in New Jersey, and I was either going in the hospital, in and out. The biggest thing that I noticed is that moment, it's like it's like if my bone was broken, I needed to go to the hospital. No one's gonna start talking about the bone if it's like you know go to the hospital. But right now everything's so heightened. So you're always at that state. You know, the day-to-day is gotta be the day-to-day, you know? It can't be the same as that crisis situation every single time. Um because that's in itself tense already, you know what I mean? So Anyway, um, this is a new norm and it's very strange for even to kind of when I was making this virtual support group or even NAMI that it's weird to think about the certain things you have to think about now you're not seeing face to face. So yeah, it's a struggle even when you're willing to kind of look outside the box. Anyway, um, Mike, remember last time we spoke about principles of support in NAMI and some of the uses we use it in groups and how that's important to us. Uh, I just want to kind of take a little bit of time it's it's mental health month and you know nami i feel you know provides a lot of support groups and i do love a lot of principal supports that um that that we read every group when we start so mike and linda i just want to ask you i know i asked you before but right now what do you think one of those supports so those listed that we read in every group what do you think is most important for 
that you see for your own personal self going through this COVID-19 and those that you've seen around you? Well, this is Linda. For me, I think the one um, that states that we will not judge anyone else's pain is less than our own. So huge. I find, I find that's the one that is, it's difficult for me, but I find that it's even more difficult for some of our peers because it's human nature to yes. think that the trial and tribulation that you've gone through is worse than anybody else's. And it's difficult not to judge uh, someone else's trial or tribulation. Um, and with NAMI, we're asked not to judge that pain is less than our own. And it really made me aware of the fact that not only was I doing that at times, but the people around me were, you know, their, and not just physical pain, but their mental pain is worse. Their anxiety is worse. Their um, depression is worse. You know, nobody could understand how bad my depression is. Yeah. Well, that's just not true. <laughs> you know, everybody's, pain is important to them whatever kind of pain it is i like what you say linda and i'm just i'm just gonna just shortly tell you know you guys know that my fiance was in south korea and mm -hmm. when that happened a lot of people don't know because america didn't think nothing was happening that was february when she was in near boost she was in busan right when the daegu break out and then she was sick she got sick she had to go back and I remember there was one Friday, she had to walk to a hospital tent and get tested. Everyone else is like freaking out about masks and toilet paper <laughs> and in America. And I was just like, I was, I was judging everyone else. I'm like, you have no clue, right? Now speed right. up a month later, you know, now she's back in Florida and now things are arguably, we're just getting everything worked out. but. March 11, it rings so clear to me. And Mike, you might even know the person that he's in. I'm not going to name names, but there was an 18 year old kid. I know the father real well. He passed away March 11th. I'm in in the same town you guys live in. I know uh, I know him from church. That's all I'll say. Now, um, I know that March 15th was my birthday. And then all of a sudden, everything closes up. March 15th, I remember that. And for me, it really humbled myself because I thought for a while, February to March, like no one knows how bad it is. You know, you guys, you guys are panicking. And I remember looking at people, looking at me like, is, is your fiance gonna make it back? Did you wait too long? You imagine the stress level. I'm just sitting there trying to make a decision with everything. And it was really hard to kind of humble myself and put that room in. That's why. For me, I, I understand this. My problem's worse than yours kind of thing, but it doesn't provide any room for healing. And that's what we're talking about. So, um, Mike, any anything you want to share? Oh, well, um, I think this time I'm going to pick a principle that a lot of people underestimate mm -hmm. and they don't really think about a lot, but it'll be number 11. We expect a better future in a realistic way. And the reason why I picked this principle is Ever, this pandemic is going on all over the world. 
yeah. it's hitting everybody and yeah. every economical group, every race, every ethnicity, every everybody who has status, who don't have status. And this is creating and going to create a new norm. Yeah. So what we experienced before is going to drastically change. Yeah. And just because, you know, we may be getting to either the peak or the, the leveling off of this, you know, pandemic or this crisis, nothing will be the same. But we yeah. have to look for a better future in a realistic way. And we can't we can't be too optimistic, but we can't be doom and gloom either and say, oh, the world is ending. You know, the yeah. end is not. We I have think to have that balance. I think it's so impersonal, you know, me coming to the church later, when people just to say that, you know, because people are a lot more complex than we know, than people like to give them. I remember this one pastor said, he said, there was a, pr- a woman who came up front and said, my mom beat cancer. And everyone's saying, amen. Another woman runs out crying. And then the guy, the pastor goes on. He's like, what's going on? She's like, my mom died. You guys prayed for her three months ago and she didn't make it. So someone's good news is someone's bad news. And you've seen that everywhere right now. Um, so you know, I like what you said, Mike, you know, because it's a whole new world and we got, we have the opportunity to see what is important. You know, right now, you know, when I think of right, really hard when COVID-19, one thing that's helped me, I'll get to my personal report is gratitude and forgiveness. Really trying to tackle that. There's things that you can say, well, I, I forgive people, but do you forgive yourself? You know, there's a lot of things that I, for me, that I struggle with to forgive myself. You know, like there's a lot of shame. There's a difference from guilt and shame. Uh, shame culturally, you know, shame because I was sick and possibly, you know, it took this one and for some reasons. That's why I was so quiet about my relationship with now my fiance because I just didn't want to hear it. And at the same time, forgiving myself because of the expectations others had for me, you know. But under re, be reevaluating what is really important and, and gratitude. That's one thing that will really help with that whole thing with my period with um, Joanne going to day again sick and come, what's being grateful for what I have. I am so grateful. People are like, well, you haven't seen her. You must be sad. I'm happy she's here. I'm happy that next weekend, I'm, God willing, I'll be seeing her. So that is what is fun. Happily, what the. The principles of support I like to say, and no one says this enough, it's like, um, we accept that humor is healthy. <laughs> you know, right now, I think humor, uh, and done in the right way is helpful because like, if you're always watching the news, always trying to, you're never, you're gonna be the most informed sick person. You know I mean, the thing is like, there's no way you could be 100% intensity focused on what to do because what COVID-19 has shown us is that no matter how prepared you are, there's so much uncertainty. The world could stop at a dot. I don't care what job you had. I don't care what security you had. You know, a lot of people are affected different ways, but this humbles us. And I hope this gives us opportunities to, to, to use those coping skills. And that's what we're going to go to, like these principles of support that we mentioned. You know, humor, yeah, it sounds light, but if you're always just so serious and concerned about doing the right thing the first time leaves no room i always like saying in our groups if anywhere you need to be wrong you could be wrong is here 
And I'm not saying, you know, I'm, I'm saying that there needs to be a safe place. So anyone want to share? I know I, I kind of went on, but <laughs> go ahead. When it comes uh, to coping. I just, I just like to say people, you know, they tell me all the time, they're like, Mike, you know, you're always saying basically the same coping skills. And mm -hmm. I tell them there are so there are so many coping skills, but we as individuals, sometimes we get into a routine or we yeah. set a pattern. Yeah. So yeah. we know what works for us. Yeah. And just because we use the same coping skills, like mine has always been music. Like yeah. That's always been my go-to. But I have other coping skills in the toolbox for when I need it. But just yeah. like a mechanic or a person that uses tools, you don't use all your tools at one time. Sometimes yeah. you use the same tool over and over. That doesn't mean that that's a bad thing. That just yeah. means that, you know, that's what works for you. And you use the best thing for the situation at hand. You know, it's funny. I, I saw a quote from Bruce Lee. Uh, the other day, I was trying to look for quotes because I, I do that sometimes. He says, Bruce Lee says, when it, when it's required to punch, you punch. When you need to kick, you kick. <laughs> I know, it's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> but the other thing he said was really enlightening was he's like, knowledge is power, but character is the earns your respect. And I think mm -hmm. that's, you know, that's not, I'm paraphrasing, but I thought that was really unique. But how about you, Linda? Anything like coping skills? Mike said music. I'll share well, more. I know well, you said <laughs> the um, the important thing to me is to remember not to get stuck into a rut. We all have. I mean, I've got a list of like 64 coping skills, but there's certain ones that I use all the time. The problem is we can get stuck in a rut and not understand that the ones we're using aren't working as well for us anymore and we need to start using some of the ones that we haven't used for a long time. Yeah. And it, it's like a wake-up call to me when suddenly I realize, wait a minute, that's not working. This isn't working for me as well as it should so I need to add something new so it's kind of like thinking out of the box yes. and pulling in some of the ones that we maybe have forgotten about that we haven't used in a long time and, and then I discover oh my gosh you know this made such a big difference just to change up the way I'm doing things um, so think about that too Mike you know, sometimes the things we use all the time, it's like I don't use music all the time, but I was remembering the other day that when my husband has had a big project, he used to always turn opera on and listen to Pavarotti and it would like, he would get one of those arias going that would get him all stimulated and excited so that he could finish a job. And with moving right now, I've had a lot of jobs that I have to do that I'm not too thrilled about doing, like going through all my paperwork and things like that. So I turned music on, found something, it wasn't Pavarotti, but I found something that was kind of wild and crazy and not my usual music. And boy, it stimulated me and I got my job done and my desk is sitting over there totally empty right now because of that so we kind of have to remind ourselves sometimes to try 
something that maybe we haven't tried for a while. It's funny because um, I like what you're saying. You know, we have to be creative. You know, um, for me, it's I, I always say journaling, but it's not just that. I, I joke about doing Fortnite, and it's not just that because the other day I tried playing the game. Uh, yeah, I have to I have to readjust the network because of so many people on the game. I have to port forward thing because right now I'm it's just lagging. I know it sounds so minimal, but like for me. My biggest thing for me is not to get in me too much, in my head. You know, my whole thing is I know if I start working on my website or podcast recordings later on at night, it doesn't bode well. I will be on it until it finished. And that doesn't matter if it's three or four. And for me, um, what Linda's saying kind of speaks a lot to me because I need to find structure. You know, there's some things that you have to do that you don't want to do. But, you know, you got, as, as we have all the, some of us have a lot of time right now, it's just being creative and structured and putting those times aside to say, you know what, I'm going to take 15 minutes just for me. You know what I mean? And I need to do it. I need to do it because I will pay for it if I don't do that periodically. You know, today I'm wondering about what, um, I'm, I'm making decisions on whether I want to get hired somewhere working online. You know what I mean? And it's a big decision for me because I'm looking through the contract and that stresses me out. You know what I mean? So what did I do? I paused, I put it aside, and I did on my Indeed account, I did those assessments. I was pretty happy. I did, um, it was a time management, something for marketing, and I, I scored proficient, so that's good. A lot of them were pretty up there, so I, I'm, I'm hoping, you know, it just helps to do something like that and, you know, you getting a pat on the back is okay if it's not your crutch sometimes you just need to be reminded that you're capable but at the same time be creative in your approach to your coping skills for me really is just being intentional staying connected i feel for me um it's also balancing out what kind of connection and not always feeling like i need to be that person who picks up the phone when someone calls you know what i mean I've learned that slowly as I progress. And like, I know I talked to you, Mike, about this. And for me, I just, I'm, I know my own wellness. And we talked about uh, the idea that um, don't judge other people's problems less, as, less than our own. It's very important to remember that because your bad day, you might not know. Because me and Mike and, and, and Linda, we, we run the group in, in, um, in NAMI and right now in the virtual. and. A lot of people are like, oh, Mike's doing great. Rob's doing great. Sometimes we're not. <laughs> we're not yeah. at all. And like they just assume because we're doing this. And that's a lot of times doing a lot of coping skills. You know, a lot of times I tell my even my fiance right now, she's like leading her up to us getting married. I'm like, listen, if you if I say I'm sick, hold me on the side and I have to start breathing techniques. Because if I don't handle that right now. Is I'm gonna pay for it, especially if we're out, you know. So she understands, and we're a team, and that's wonderful. But at the same time, a lot of people just assume because we're um, sometimes when we're in groups, we have to because we have to pr try to provide a safe place. Like, and we're peers too. People forget that. But at the same time, some of the coping skills have to be creative right now. Some of them work, and we continue using them. Some of them stop working because right now there's so this. Everyone's affected. It's everywhere. This fear, and this, and that's why I want to kind of lead into because 
eventually this COVID-19 obviously be a new world in a sense, but what would recovery look like after? Now, I'm kind of wondering, like some people who are reluctant to do this virtual support group or all this stuff, maybe like this is easier. So, or, and like companies might be like, well, why do I want to pay for office space when all my workers can work from home? And like, how's that going to impact? And how, as we continue to just maybe, and this is just maybe stay more and more at home. How, how do you see that happen? You know, Robert, <laughs> I think you brought up a really important point because I think a lot of things are going to maybe stay different. And one thing I saw the other day was that some large restaurants, not locally, but in other places, have taken their huge parking lots where people park and they're turning them into drive-in movies. Yeah. And I remember back when I grew up, it was the day of the drive-in movie. Um, and we used to, you know, put the family in the car, go to the drive-in movie, uh, watch it on the screen, eat popcorn. Instead of going in and, and picking up our food, somebody could actually carry it out to the car to you. Um, and, and I'm thinking, I wonder if that will take off. I would love to see that start again because that was so much fun. You were going out. It wasn't like you were in your living room doing it. You were going out, you were getting to see mm -hmm. um, a movie on a big screen, but you were seeing it from the comfort of your car. And yeah. I thought, oh, that might be interesting. And yeah. even this morning, I went to the paint store to pick up paint. Yeah. And when I got there, there's a sign saying that nobody can come in, call this phone number, tell them what you want, and they will bring it out and put it into your in your car. So please open your trunk or your yeah. the back of your vehicle so they can put it in. And I said, well, I have a can with me that's the old one. And he said, no, he said, I can't do that. You'll have to read it off to me because nothing, because I was just going to give him the, the can and have him, you know, repeat it. He said, no, he said, nothing can come into our store from the outside. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, <laughs> but, you know, so, but they're, they're able to carry on their business that way. It was Sherwin, yeah. Sherwin Williams. But, and yeah. I thought, gosh, they may find that that's just a lot easier. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know what they would do about people that have to still pick out a color. Yeah. Maybe they'll just have the little flyers that are disposable and you look at it and throw it in the garbage outside or something. But people have to think outside the box. And I think we're going to discover that we can still do the things we need to do, but just in a different way. Mike, you have anything you want to share? Yeah, my big thing is balance. And I tell people... One thing that I want to mention that I feel is important is we always have to do things that are positive. Yes. And we have to have not only positive actions, but positive coping skills. Mm -hmm. So we don't want to, you know, I know everybody's, you know, some people like to go to the bar and drink or, you know, people that smoke, they're smoking a lot more. Or, but we got to watch the things that would be 
or would have negative effects on not only our mind but our bodies exactly. and we also like I think that with everything changing we can't be impulsive because everybody all these businesses especially they want to just hurry up and reopen yeah. and they have to learn that if they don't you know go at a, a steady pace yeah and if we try to do too much too fast mm-hmm. we'll just end up hurting ourselves in the long run and i'll yeah. give you an example like a lot of the beaches in florida here are starting to reopen yeah. and hundreds of people are just rushing to the beach yeah now i know people are tired of being inside and you know they have kids that they have to entertain or you know take care of or they have they want to get out but you don't want to cut off your nose despite your face yeah so just because we have an impulse doesn't mean we have to act on it we have to really think before we do yeah and we have to look at it as a balanced approach and you know i know it may not be popular with a lot of people because you know they said you know i have my rights or i have i want my liberties or but you know things will eventually go back to normal and yeah. sometimes like miss linda brought out the thing about the drive-in movie thing sometimes the old becomes the new again and yeah. things will repeat itself through history yeah. and you know that could be a good thing but it also could be a bad thing yeah. but it depends you have to find that happy balance yeah yeah it's interesting that you say balance you know when this was talking about you know, the, the the creative ways that businesses are working and one thing is just finding that balance between the fear and also being because too much of one thing or too like like what Mike's telling like like just going out regardless because you want to um, you want to um, experience something um, without without being careful it's like how do you find that balance and unfortunately right now we're you know, to, um, in regards to mental health and, and recovery I'm just wondering because when the chips when the when the beaches are fully open stores are fully open and people are coming back arguably maybe with creative ways that businesses are doing this you know there's a lot of things we could have learned in this COVID-19 I hope people don't miss out you know this um there's a lot of um there's a lot of humbleness we're talking about the idea that um knowing that your problem is not their problem is not less than your own that's a good lesson you could learn right now because if you think about it no matter where you are at, you know, um, there's always someone way worse, you know, and um, and and worse in the scope of things. But we all, in a sense, um, are struggling through this together. And I feel this is an opportunity to be creative in connecting with one another. You know, a lot of times you may be face to face, but it's all it's all on the surface. If we're really being honest, you know, a lot of social norms kind of take headway, but really. Um, when you're unable to do something, like Mike was saying, like your rights are taken away in one way or another, um, when your day-to-day is compromised, you know, it's easy to for, easy to feel sorry about something thousands of miles away, but when it affects how you go about your day-to-day, it's a totally different thing. So, 
Um, yeah, I find like after this, you know, after this this COVID and leading up to that one, the opening and and thinking about our peers and peers ourselves. Um, what do you think will be? Uh, I think, I think the just like I said when this whole thing started, whatever you did before to cope, you need to maintain it during this at the very least. You know what I mean? Uh, structure is so important um, because when you're not able to go out, even if you don't go out normally, it feels different. You know what I mean? And at the same time, what do you do after? Like, these are the questions that are hard to answer. Like, why will, because we don't know what it's going to look like. But I do feel like some of the coping skills we mentioned are very useful and very important. You know, understanding that we will never give up hope. Like what Nami says at the end of the principal report, it's very important. And I always stress this, is that willingness is always looked at so flimsy. But sometimes, especially us being peers, that's the best you can ask for, especially in a crisis situation. Willingness to get the help. So um, any last thoughts, anything you guys want to share as we kind of wrap things up? We just touched a bit on COVID-19 and the storm during a little bit after because there's not much we could go based on what happens after but anything you want to share or even add as we wrap things up well when you were talking about our last principle the never give up hope it reminded me of the the group i was uh facilitating once where we had a a young lady that was really really depressed and um, she said she had given up all hope and she just wanted to end it all. And she verbalized that pretty um, vividly. And there was a girl sitting across the table from her who jumped up and said, Hope, I have enough hope for both of us. I want to share my hope with you. And she jumped up and ran around and gave her a big hug, which yeah. of course now because of social distancing, we wouldn't be able to do, but yeah. that always has stuck in my mind as a very vivid example of what NAMI does, yes. our sharing our hope with each other, which I think is really so important. Yes. And, and it's really the principle that I think stands above all the others is not yeah. giving up hope and sharing hope. How about you, Mike? What would you like to say? One thing that I would like to say in wrapping up is this is a print, one of the principles that I found probably the hardest for me, even harder than judging our pain as less than as others, is principle number 10, which we accept we cannot solve all problems. Oh, yes. And I could go on and on about that and do a whole podcast just about <laughs> that. But I'm just going to say something real quickly. Mm-hmm. A lot of people in this world today are what I call fixers. They just want to, you know, get the job done, fix it, you know, get on with. Like, mm-hmm. what's the problem? What are we going to do about it? How are we going to solve it? Mm-hmm. And with things like the COVID-19 is proving, that can't always happen. So no. if we don't accept we cannot solve all problems, then that'll just put us in a spiraling circle that could take us 
down both mentally and physically. Yeah. And we don't want to do that. We want to do everything that we have, that we are healthy, not only body, mind, but also spirit as well. And so by, by, I know it's hard and even I still struggle with this. We have to accept we cannot solve all problems. You know, it's, it's interesting you say that because I was going to say not that, but kind of piggybacks that is that with NAMI, you know, the one, the, the one that me, Mike and Linda all facilitate and, um, when I, when this whole COVID thing happened, I remember talking to Mike, I'm like, we need to do something and about like a virtual support group. And for me, the biggest thing about that was I was willing to put, get pie in my face and be wrong about it. I was willing to have a lot of things mess up in the virtual support and people not understand and people dropping off. Because the one thing I've learned with COVID-19, now I've learned before in my life is that you know, people are not going to look at how many mistakes you did, especially at a time of this. They're going to look that you did something. And that's it. So um, I, I just, for me, what I found as a leader and as people just dealing with people and uh, is that 99% of the problems, interpersonal problems, people to people, that are arguably one of the most important things in our lives is our connections is um doesn't get solved of being right it's just it's only get it's not about being solved it's about continuing that conversation continuing that dialogue there's plenty of people that i talk to in church out of church wherever that i totally disagree with and they'll talk to me but i listen to them because listening provides a lot of healing a lot of people um feel a lot better if someone listens to them I would even argue a lot of people even listening today had someone in their lives that listened to them is part of the reason they're where they are right now. If we are not, if we're pushed aside and ignored enough, it is, it is, it is damaging, not only physically, but also mentally. It's a holistic report approach when we think about it, because we do want to be included, even though people who are introverts, I'm like 50, 50, supposedly in one test I took. Yeah, but, <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Well, uh, at the same time, you know, it's important. So finding that balance, you know. But again, I want to thank you, uh, Mike and Linda, for joining me today. Um, um, I just want to ask you any. Obviously, we've been talking about Nami as a resource. Anything else you would like to just end, and then I'll just go into the the rest. Any last little things, even though few words that people listening maybe people in their houses maybe very discouraged maybe peers who just like are struggling right now anything you would like to say to them the last thing i would like to say is one thing we didn't touch on with coping skills but it's really i believe a good one is saying positive affirmations Oh, yes. And with the positive affirmations, the one that I say to myself all the time, and I tell people it's not grammatically correct, <laughs> but I, it's my go-to, and it's, I love me some me. And if everybody <laughs> just would learn to love them some them, then they could see that they can be happy, but, you know... They don't want you don't want to love yourself where you only love yourself. So you gotta yeah. once again find that happy balance. You don't want to be a narcissist. Yeah. But you 
you at least want to love you some you. Well, it's just, it just helps you put up the priority of you. And sometimes we, our priority of ourselves are so on the bottom of the list. You know what I mean? And uh, right now, uh, we can't afford that. I don't, whether you're, you're suffering with mental illness or not, or substance abuse, we need to put the priority of us. And some of the priorities are the coping skills we mentioned. Some of the priorities are the connections. You know, you have a phone, call it. Call someone that you want to talk to if you can. Understand that your value does not hinge on you being 100%, like Mike's saying. You know, we're not going to be on all levels all the time. We realize that. We're not, we're not always going to, our value doesn't hinge on us not making mistakes. We learn the most from our mistakes, not from our successes. And our values does not hinge on everyone liking us. Let's be honest. So, Linda, do you have anything you want to share before we wrap up? Well, just that I think we should remember that life is the moment we're living right now. Yes. So look at the good things in what this whole thing has brought. It's brought a lot of pain and sorrow for people, but also it's brought some good too. We don't live in our past. We don't live in our future. We live in the present, what's happening right now. So look at the advantages. Look at the times that people, families are being brought together. Children are home with their parents and are learning new things from their parents that the parents didn't have time to teach them before. Um, So I think we got to concentrate on the present, make it the best we can, make Mm -hmm. the best of it. Exactly. Uh, It's just like gratitude. The idea is so healing. No matter where you are in the world, or where you're listening this from, having having a a mind and a, a intentionality, a present mind of um, of um, a gratitude is going to be helpful. I I, I didn't put uh, I didn't think of this quote until you know Linda you said that, but I want to share this one quote real quick and then we'll wrap up. The most basic and powerful way to connect to another person is to listen. Just listen. Perhaps the most important thing we can we ever give each other is our attention. A loving silence often has far more power to heal and to connect than the most well-intentioned words. Rachel Naomi Remen. Anyway, remember to check out the Revive Ministry podcast on the website for all new episodes, reviveministryfl.com forward slash podcast. Every Tuesday, we will be doing the original My Story Recovery segment, and every Thursday will be Robert's Corner with just myself on a short segment. While on Sunday, we'll be uploading a little longer segment of Robert's Corner with a special guest. Well, today, special guests like this one. Thank you for listening. And this is goodbye from Robert Mindy Podcast, leaving you with this one last quote. A community that excludes even one member is no community at all. <laughs>